Welcome back to the EMG Gold Podcast. This is Spencer Gore, CEO here at EMG Health. You're listening to the second part of our interview with legendary rugby coach Sir Clive Woodward. If you haven't listened to the first part of the interview, Clive talks about who wins in IT wins. He talks about good time management or Lombardi time as the England rugby team knew it, amongst other things. Make sure you go back to the archives and listen to that first. If you are here for the rest of this great discussion with Sir Clive, welcome back to the EMG Gold podcast and I hope you enjoy it. We've spent the last three or four months now working with you and and your team on on introducing our teamship rules to our senior leadership team. And it's an exercise I should add that they've all absolutely loved. We really, really bought into it. It's been great to see. But can you tell us a little bit more about what teamship rules are and, and, and why they're important and how they work? Yeah, of course. I mean, also... I hope I'm saying you, your your team is brilliant to work with, but it all starts from you, because you know, this, this isn't the team. You know, this starts with leadership. That the, um, the the person at the top has got to really understand what I'm about to take you through, and if you understand it, your team will love it. I've I've never seen, and I've done the exercise that I did with your business, Spencer. Yeah. We've got a few teams now, and you know the, the top teams will understand it because what what teamship is about is is about trying to create a winning culture. You know, so and the, the way I do it, and I, if we use, we, we've already explained um, Lombardi time. That was a classic teamship rule. So what, yeah. what teamship is basically this: you, you, whatever the subject is, and it might be something to do with your behaviours, so it might be something to do with the way you work. But quite simply, you, you, you want your your team to discuss it as well as you discussing it. So without being too dramatic about it, you know, you can leave the room um, and get them to discuss this stuff. Yeah. Say time, you know, you, you get, you get the, your whole team to discuss it. Let them come up with what what they think. The key thing with teamship is the the leader can go yes or no. So once they come back to you with the so that this is what we think about this, um, you as a leader can go still go yes or no. So you give away no authority. So but what what, what it can become a teamship rule if you get a hundred percent agreement from the team, and I mean a hundred percent. This yeah. is not majority rule. Whoever speaks loudest. If the whole team says, yes, this is what we think we should do, e.g. 10 minutes early for timekeeping, then the leader, you, me, so yes, we agree with that. It becomes a teamship rule. And that's that's it. It's in bed. And what I found it is, found is pe- people then do deliver on this because they've been involved in the, in the whole discussion uh, and, and, not, and, and not left out. You know, old-style manage, management or leadership is, is me telling you this is what we're going to do, guys, away we go. Because and, and and what what I became almost pride myself on is, is is not being good at new ideas. What I what I found myself quite good at is just listening and thinking that's a great idea. And yeah. I've amazing people from Udar Shanir to yourself to Humphrey Walt, all sorts of people I get ideas from. Yeah. And I, I make it very very clear I'm not good at new ideas. Yeah. What I think I am quite good at is when I see an idea, hear an idea, and in a sporting analogy that will make the boat go faster. Yeah. What I'm quite good at is we'll move heaven and earth. If that's going to make the boat go faster, we're going to do it. We are yeah. absolutely going to do it. And my job is to put it in place and make sure that absolutely happens. So team shit's fantastic. And when I really get on my soapbox about this, you know, it's quite prevalent at the moment. You know, the government, the, the British government, and not just the current government, any government, you know, go back to, to Thatcher, Blair, all these people. Yeah. Just, the team shit rules. Again, with the rugby team, which is the best example I've got, because we had real clear rules on writing books, really real clear rules. But it wasn't my rules, it was their rules. Because, you know, if, if I'm in my, you know, coaching England, stuff happens, you know that. It's not a perfect world out there. In fact, the more high-performing team you are, the more it becomes an imperfect world in terms of stuff is said, stuff does happen because you're all trying to win. 
But what you don't want to do is read about it in a few years' time. Yeah. Where kind of, you, you don't have the situation, you get misconstrued. So this teamship stuff is really, really powerful. And it just, it's just, I know no other way. If, if I, uh, I, obviously I'm involved in businesses today, this is what we do, so I'm, I'm doing it myself. Um, but if I was in charge of, you know, my local golf club, if I was put in charge of that, I'd do it through Teamship. I want to hear what my team got to say first. And then I go yes or no to the best Teamship rules. And it's, and it's all powerful. And, you know, it's, and it's just strange. I never read about this. Yeah. You know, I read quite a few business books. But, but it's got to come from the leader. Unless, Spencer, you're driving it from your company. It doesn't work. You can't sit back and go, okay, over to you guys, where you go, yeah. Teamship rules. It's got to be driven from the top. But I think you'll find the people in your team love it because you're listening to them. You're asking for their opinion and you're respecting their opinion. But you've got to get 100% agreement from the team before it become a, a teamship rule. Yeah. I, I think probably the most famous one is, is that you've talked about is your Lombardi time. But my, I think my favourite is the, uh, the hand sanitizer. I'm very topical at the moment. But the, the hand sanitizer in, in, uh, rule that you guys introduced at the uh, Olympics, I think that's such a, a, a great example of, of getting everyone to buy into the, to the, the, the teamship rule and then seeing the direct impact that that has on the team by no one getting ill and, and get, no one getting colds during the, uh, during the Olympics. Yeah, that was just one. I mean, under, you know, in the, in the Olympics, you know, we, we did all this t- teamship with, you know, which is a big, big group of people. It was like 26 sports, over 500 athletes and coaches, you know, but just one of them was, you know, how do we stay healthy in the Olympic village? You, you, an athlete will arrive healthy. And we had around, I think it was 14 or 15 team shoot rules just on health. But one of them, which is obviously quite interesting in today's world, was just about the hand, hand sanitizer, do you say? So yeah. someone came up, and again, these rules came from the athletes. So we had hands, you know, we put hand sanitizers uh, all over the Olympic Village. And the team shit rule, and this came from all the, from the athletes, everyone had signed up to this, you can never walk past a hand sanitizing machine. Yeah. So, like for me in the Olympic Village, to walk from my uh, apartment in the village to the dining room, I had to walk past about, I think it was six hand yeah. gel machines. And these were just, you know, you'd put your hand under, got a squirt. So I did it six times. So could people with you who weren't you team, why are you doing this six times? Because the team shit rule was you can't walk past a hand sanitizer machine. You know, so everyone did it. So yeah. superstars, Bradley Wiggins, Chris Hoy, and all these guys walking past, but getting their gel. Yeah. And if anyone didn't do it, it would have just kicked off. Yeah. Because that's what would agree with every single person. And that's what sets the culture. And the culture is is actions. And that's what I believe in. A, a winning culture is things you actually see people do on a daily basis that we all know we're, we're, we're part of. And under health, we had 14 or 15 teamship rules like like that. And then you see today suddenly, you know, all this big you know, it's, it's stuff about hand gel machines. With, with, you know, this was back in 2012 we were doing this. Yeah. And, you know, during the whole, whole Olympic Games, those 21 days, we didn't have a single cold, a single bug or whatever. It wasn't because hand gel machines haven't a clue. Haven't a clue. All I know is we hired four very expensive doctors who spent literally 21 days filling up hand gel machines because yeah. there were no patients. Everyone was well. Everyone was fine. So yeah. you, seriously. So even now, hopefully one day this flipping COVID stuff will go away. But, you know, even hand gel machines now, put hand gel machines outside your boardroom. Yeah. Have a you, you can never walk past a hand gel machine ever yeah. because it's just good hygiene. It's a good way of working because the things on the end of your arms are the biggest transmitter of germs you can, you can get. So, but again, get everyone to agree it. Don't tell them this is what we do. You ask them to agree it, understand it, and become teamship rules. Yeah. It, it, 
it's that alignment that I think is key. We, we as a, a senior leadership team are 100% bought into the need for values in our business and, and the fact that everyone in the business needs to be aligned with them to achieve great things. And it was interesting hearing um, when, when we first started this conversation, you were talking about Lombardi time and you said uh, uh, sort of an off-the-cuff comment. It was, well, my dad was always, you know, always on time and it was a really big thing to him. And I think that is key to to your values I don't think you can pick and choose your values very easily I think it's something that you're born with and it's ingrained in you and it just comes naturally so it's it's quite hard to change a value but but it makes it even more important to have the right team on board that are all aligned and you know you, you've built now so many winning teams for you know right across the board in sport and business what are your thoughts on 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 those values being aligned yeah listen I, I think values are great what, what I see in in, in you know, a lot of business that I work with, Spencer, including yours uh, and sports teams, that often when I go in there, I, I see these great values. And values, you know, um, they're, they're kind of more kind of words, if I can say that. Uh, yeah. Things like, you know, a value of a company will be respect and trust and, and vision and standard, which, which are all great. But, but the, the way to test your values is if you then go and speak to, you know, four or five of the employees separately and say okay what does that mean you'd find almost that exception because i've done it so many times that they can't answer you so we say you have a value about say respect okay you go to someone who works for you what does that mean and yeah. they kind of you know give you some words but they yeah. can't articulate it properly what i think values are brilliant and every company needs values but what what i kind of really look to do is okay how can you bring these values to life yeah in other words what actions you see on a daily basis that your team does that will show respect. So, and so you've got the value of respect as we're using, but then, you know, and respect, for example, could be timekeeping because that's yeah. really, and, and what you find is most of these teamship rules, you can put them under diff, different values. So then you start to create your, 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 your behaviors or your actions or your teamship rules, whatever you want to call them. You know, I've called these things various different things. Some people don't like the word rules. I quite like teamship rules. Yeah. Uh, Winning behaviours, actions—you can do, you can do all this sort of stuff. Um, so you know, it's it's a case of just um, that—that's how it actually works. So it's it's a, it's a case of, you know, values are great, but what actions bring the values to life? And yeah. then when you speak to the employees and say, talk about respect. They'll say, okay, well, respect means we do this with timekeeping. We, we 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 do we do this with how we dress. We do this with our language. So suddenly they can name stuff that shows respect and, and also it's actually measurable do people do this or, they, or do they not do this so values are great it's kind of starting position and then i think you then build up your winning behaviors or your teamship rules based on the values and start to then just create the, these areas and they, they they don't forget them yeah if you take you know if i brought on the line now any olympic athlete um um who is there in 2012 for example you know the, the all the health stuff came under the value of performance. So the yeah. value was performance, um, and there was all this stuff about performance in there. But then under under performance, you had a whole lot of teamship rules, including the hygiene one, which the, the hand gels I just t- t- talked about. Yeah. You know, if I brought anybody on for the Olympic team, um, and, I, and I said to I, any of them, I said, right, talk me about the, the values of performance in the Olympics. They'd, they'd struggle. They, they wouldn't be able to answer it. But if you say to them, okay, what about the hand gel machines? Oh, yeah, we had to, we, we, we couldn't walk past hand gel machine. That was all the stuff. Yeah. They don't forget this stuff. Yeah. In your teeth, once it's in there and it's an action that you do every day, or you yeah. see, they don't forget it. And I think sometimes values, people struggle with actually defining what it actually means. 
and I think what what I try and do uh, in in, that, in in the business I'm involved in is is bring those to life by real actions and behaviours that you see on a daily basis. And people do not forget those, and especially if they've been involved in the decision making process to say you know yes whenever we'll pass a hand job machine, and and also it's got to be self policed. You know yes it's got to come from you the leader, but once it's in place, part of the teamship rules. If you see someone not doing that, part of the teamship rules is you must go and put you know pull them up on this. It's not just yeah. a video, you know, so if you've got a colleague who suddenly walks past a hand job machine, if, and if that's the team should rule not to do that, you go, whoa, whoa, hand job machine. And sometimes we just forget them, but not often. But if you do that, you've got to get your team to self-police it as well. And that's what high-performing teams do, because the leader can't see everything that's going on. But once these are in place, the, the, the whole team should actually really, this is how we do it, this is our business, we want to be, we want to work for a successful, profitable company. You know, successful sports team. These are really important. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. We 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 had a meeting yesterday talking about exactly that. That we we it needs to be throughout the whole company. Everyone's a hundred percent bought in, and and as you say, pulling people up if they're not doing it doesn't have to be in a bad way, but they've got they've got to pull it up. Um, we're, we're getting close to running out of time, so I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, so so I was first introduced to you. I'm I'm not a big rugby fan. I'm I'm sorry to say, but I was first introduced to you. Um, via your book, Winning, by a business coach, about 10 years ago. And as you well know now, we've implemented so many of those principles that you talk about in the book into EMG, and it's been great working with you over the last three or four months to, to really deep, dig deeper into those and dive into that in, in more detail. That, that book is still what I call my favourite business book. I think it's a business book. I know it's a sports book, but I, I, I think there's so much you can take out of that as a business book. What, what what's what's been the biggest influence that you've um, sorry what's been the biggest book that you, that's had an influence on you or the best book sorry I should say. Um, well, as you rightly said, I knew I'd find the person who bought that book, Spencer. So <laughs> you, so, so winning is still my favourite book. It's interesting, even even that book. You know, I, I never thought about writing a book until after the World Cup when I was I was approached by a, a publisher, Hodder and. You know, and what I did, I, I hired a, a guy who I worked with in Australia with, with, in, when I was working over there um, who knew nothing about rugby. And I just asked him to come and spend literally six months full time and just meet everyone who worked with me and try and find out what happened. You know, because I was so much involved in it. I was right in the middle of it, you know, obviously. Um, and he did a great job in trying to articulate and break down why he thought we won, what, what actually happened. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I'd say I didn't write the book. Obviously, I worked with, uh, this guy, and he's literally spent six months in, in my house just working with me on really interviewing everybody and trying to find out what actually happened. So I'm really pleased how that came out. But, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I do love reading uh, biz, business books, you know, and I get sent a lot and I, I see various things. But I've kind of got four books that, I, that immediately come to mind. The first, I just say one on, one on rugby was uh, a book um, by a guy called Jim Greenwood called Total Rugby. Uh, I first got the Jim Green was my coach when I was at university. So this book has got to be oh, yourself, it's over 40 years old. <laughs> so, and it's still the best rugby book I've ever read. It was absolutely genius. And it was written by, and, and Jim was the, he's, he's passed away now, unfortunately, but he play, played for Scotland and the Lions. Um, and it's still, still, a, a, still a complete Bible in New Zealand. And it's just a great, great book in terms of that, that side of things. Because it was, it was all about really... You know, trying to think differently, differently in terms of how rugby's got to be played. But in terms of business books, there's the three kind of books that spring to mind. Um, the first is a book called uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yeah. Uh, and a very good friend of mine called Clive Pegram. 
gave me this book and i think about two, 2000 and he put a note inside it he said you know you, sh you should read his books i think england are a very good team but they're not a great team yeah i thought about it even even in 2000 which is three years before the world cup we were we were very good we weren't great and this whole book was not about you know it was just about how to take some very good business to great businesses and and it was fantastic and it, it was totally practical which i like about all these all these books um, and, I, and I, we use that. I actually, we, we, I read it. I, I couldn't wait to get the team together again. And we had our whole philosophy, a bit like you did, you did with my book, um, Spencer. This is what we, we took the England rugby team, right? We're good now. We're going to go to great. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We had a whole lot of messages. And we just, I created a logo called Good to Great. Everything was going good to great. And great was going to be quite simply become the number one ranked team in the world and to win the World Cup. That was what great was all about. Yeah. And then you start documenting how we're going to do this, what we had to do. So we went on a whole three-year kind of business plan of taking the team from good to great. And that was down to Jim Collins. You know, there's not a single idea that came from me. It was all down to his book and his team. It was brilliant. Yeah. The other book I've read quite recently um, is, and I, I, I did, a, as you know, I, I, you know I, I do various business talks, but, you know, I have this, um, I love the word checklist. Yeah. Um, I use the word checklist. A checklist is, is not a to-do list. A checklist is a list of, uh, proven behaviors that you know if we get these things right there's a very high chance we're going to do this task well whether it's winning a rugby game or, or whatever you're doing in business so i love the word checklist and i'm amazed how many people don't use checklists as much as they should and it's really understanding right if, you know this is this is we know if we do these say four things really really well um we, we're going to perform well whatever the task is um and then this this guy i, I did a conference somewhere and guy kind of sent me an email so there's this there's this book out there called the checklist manifesto by a guy called atel guande yeah um and atel guande is a is a new york surgeon and he, he and i obviously got his book straight away and read it straight away it's absolutely brilliant i mean it's yeah it's not a big book you can read it in a couple of hours and he's, he basically proved he just went through you know why some operations are hugely successful um, but also, most importantly, why some operations, you know, failed, and sometimes with fatal consequences. And he put it all down to the, the head surgeon not having a, a detailed checklist. And, and, and also, these surgeons, because they may have been doing this last 20 years, got a little bit complacent or blasé. You know, I don't need, don't tell me how to do this. I, I'm in charge and all this sort of stuff. And they didn't have a checklist. And I read this book. I, I could have written it myself. I wish I had done it. It's just called the <laughs> Checklist Manifesto. It's absolutely brilliant. And the last one that there's a really good book by a guy called Niall Ferguson, and it's, it's called The Square and the Tower. Uh, and maybe people haven't heard about this book so much, but I mean, what he what he basically this is kind of uh, almost a definition of teamship. Well, what he's saying for, you know, in, in most businesses, you know, all all the power is in the tower. In other yeah. words, at the top of the trunk, it's a company. You know, down down below in the square is your workforce. Um, and he, he basically you know, proved, this is what I'm saying, you know, the, the real power is in the square and the, the real top businesses learn to actually, you know, talk to the people in the square, do teamship and all this sort of stuff. And it's called the square and the tower and it basically flips on its head. You know, most most businesses still run top down. Yeah. The new business has got to go both ways. Yes, you've got to come top down. But it's also you need to learn what's happening in, 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 in the actual square. And I think, and I, and I read up, someone had written a book and, and referred to this, just even, you know, what we're going through now with COVID, that, you know, if, if we'd had far more um, detail coming back from day one, 
from the people on the in in the, the workforce, the people in the square, the people in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the care homes, the yeah. hospitals. It was still top down too much. We were, you know, listening to all these people on TV. You see, speaking with Boris Johnson, all these medical experts. But were they really getting the right information from day one from the people yeah. in the square, the people in the in the in the in the care homes? And the answer was no, they they weren't. And it's just a brilliant, brilliant book again, and it's still fundamentally based on what we've been speaking about about teamship and really engaging with your staff and your team, and having the technology again, which we've touched on, the technology being there to get all this information coming back. We'd have learned very, very quickly what, what's happening out there, and we we just reacted too, too late. And we've done a pretty good job by all accounts compared with the rest of the world. But even though I, th I think that the the real learning is is that the information coming back from the square just wasn't there. Um, it wasn't there quick enough. We we couldn't yeah. get feedback because everyone has been saying this for ages. Yet the, we we didn't have the information in place. So that was one by Niall Ferguson called The Square and the Tower. So there'd be my four books. I just when you asked me questions, wrote those four down on the top of my head. Also, I'm in the office. I can see them as well. I know it's yeah. a podcast, but I've got I've got a lovely office in my garden. It's full of business books. So every one sports book here. There's there's quite a few golf books. I have to admit to that. But outside. <laughs> But mainly business books, but they're my, they're my three favourite business books. Yeah, well, I, I've read Good to Great, and I love that, and I've read the Checklist Manifesto, and love that as well. But I've not I've not even heard of the Square and the Tower, so I'll definitely uh, definitely be reading that one myself. Yeah, Thanks for that. I'm afraid that's all we've got time with Clive. As ever, it's been really really inspiring to chat to you. I could keep going all day and hear your thoughts, um, but I just wanted to thank you for taking your time out of your day and, and sharing that insight with our uh, with all of our listeners and myself. So thank you. No, pleasure, Spencer. So just a word on to you and your company. As I said, for anyone listening, I, I did some some work with Spencer just recently with him and his team. And, you know, it, it, it says a lot when I really do enjoy, actually, the sessions with you, the feedback from your team, the passion was fantastic. And that, that comes from you, the leader. It, it, it never comes through luck. It comes from the person leading the company. So well done for you. And I obviously wish you and your company all the very, very best. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Thank you. Um, that's all we've got time for this week, folks. Um, to all of our listeners, if you'd like to hear more of our conversations and, and similar ones to this and the brilliant conversation we've had today, please do join us again next Tuesday on uh, whichever of your podcast um, uh, apps you use for another episode of the EMG Gold podcast. Until then, take care and goodbye. Goodbye.